This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of expert information and real chats on all things pregnancy, birth and beyond. Remember, as a podcast listener, you can get 15% off my online courses at midwifepip.com using the code PODCAST15. So this week's episode, it's just you and I talking. I put a question out there and lots of you wanted me to jump on and talk to you about some of your common questions when it comes to pregnancy and birth prep and even motherhood experiences. So this is going to be the first of some episodes that you'll see popping up where I am podcasting solo. So no pressure, but I'd really like your feedback on these episodes to find out if they are helpful or if you prefer me jumping on with a guest, I will not be offended. Um, So please message me with your feedback because this is your podcast and I want it to bring you everything that you need in your pregnancy, birth and motherhood journeys. So this episode is going to be dedicated to exploring types of or stages of labor and that was a question that so many of you cropped up with so I'm really excited to delve into it in more depth because I think it's really important when we start thinking about preparing for labor and birth that we really understand what's going on with our bodies that we understand the physiology and the changes that are happening because it's only by having this fundamental knowledge that we can then think about how to support those processes and therefore empower ourselves to have a more positive and hopefully more comfortable and informed experience which if you've been listening or following me for a while you know that is what i am all about so I like to break labor down into kind of four stages, really. We start off with what we call the latent phase before we move into the first stage, the second stage, and finally the third stage. Now, some of you may be familiar with these terms before, or for some of you, these may be completely new and you're thinking, what on earth are you on about? You've lost me already, Pip. So let's start from the beginning and break it down the latent phase of labor. This is essentially the very beginning phase where your body is preparing and warming up for labor for the main event. And for women, this will last a really differing length of time. It can be anywhere from a few hours, maybe even a few minutes to multiple days. And often when it is kind of a longer stage, 
it'll kind of stop and start. So you might find you get some contractions that are kind of irregular and you think, this is it, this is it. And then they go off. And then the next night you snuggle down in bed, ready for some sleep and they come back again. And often when we hear people say, oh, my labor went on for days and weeks and weeks and weeks, it's this latent phase that was prolonged. And I talk in my courses about when this is longer, what we need to think about. We need to think about why is it longer and what can we do to rectify that? And sometimes this is down to the position of baby in the pelvis and doing some work to help optimize that really makes a difference to the length of this stage. Now we mustn't overlook the importance of this latent phase of labor. It's a really vital stage and it's often where your body is making massive, massive change ready for the kind of first stage that then kicks off. Now our cervix starts off like a tube of sweets. It's long and firm, closed and tubular. And I often do a demonstration that you may have seen on my courses or on Instagram where I use a balloon. And the cervix is essentially the neck of a balloon. If you imagine an inflated balloon, you've got that little neck bit. It's like this long tube. And during the latent phase, this cervix has to move forwards. It has to soften, it has to thin, and it has to shorten. And it does all of this before it starts to open. So often if women hear their cervix is a centimetre or two centimetres, they feel a bit disappointed. And this is where I really encourage us to look at the bigger picture. Great with two centimetres, that's a number. It's not amazingly helpful. But what else is happening? Is your cervix completely thin? Or is it still a long sort of two centimetre tube? This gives us really great information as to how things are progressing. So it's not always just about numbers. Now, during this latent phase, you'll often experience some period type pains, probably a, an amplified version of Braxton Hicks if you've experienced those in your pregnancy. They're usually quite short lasting and quite irregular. They're not kind of clockwork just yet. And as I say, they may stop altogether before then coming back. It's not uncommon that at this stage, women may notice their show or their mucus plug. Now, essentially the show is a jelly-like mucusy substance that plugs the cervix during pregnancy. And that helps to keep it closed and to prevent any ascending infection to the womb and to baby. And then as your cervix starts to make some of these softening and shortening and moving changes in the early stage, this plug essentially becomes dislodged from the cervical canal, that tube that it was plugging. And that's where you often notice it in your underwear or perhaps when you wipe yourself after going to the toilet. Now, it's usually a thick, clear or cream substance and it is a bit mucusy or snotty with some streaks of blood through it. That's really classic of what a show looks like. What it shouldn't be is lots of fresh blood and it shouldn't be offensively smelling or kind of a green color. That may indicate an infection. So it should be cream, mucusy, with some perhaps streaks of blood through it. And although having your mucus show doesn't tell us when labor is gonna start, it does show us that your body is making some positive changes in preparation. Some women will never notice a plug. I was one of those. Others may notice it for a few days before labor happens. 
Now, during this latent phase of labor, if there's no medical reason, no complication, and you are 37 weeks of pregnancy or over, so that's classed as full term, then it's usually recommended that you stay at home during this stage so that we can allow your body to progress physiologically and naturally into labor. But it's a really great time to start thinking about and tuning into your birth environment. Now, this will really help to get your natural oxytocin running, your natural endorphins, which are your body's natural painkillers, so really helpful when we progress into the next stage of labor, and to start assisting in ensuring that the, the kind of part of your brain that's responsible for decision-making and practicality starts to lessen. And we want to start to silence that part of our brain and allow that adrenaline and cortisol to reduce so that our natural oxytocin can thrive. And that's a really important balance for supporting labor progress. And the latent phase of labor is where this all starts from. It's where we want to start practicing and having that kind of planning in place. Now, during the latent phase, there are some things we can do to support ourselves. And I like to use the acronym READ. So R-E-A-D. R is for rest. And that's because for some women, this latent phase is a bit of a lengthy ordeal. And it can be tiring and uncomfortable and often interrupts sleep because it tends to ramp up more so at nighttime during the daytime. So if you need to, if you feel you can, have a little nap, take some rest. That's absolutely fine but also active rest. So this means eating, drinking, really important that we nourish and hydrate our body during this stage, especially if it is lengthy. Our uterus is a muscle. And just like every other muscle in our body, it needs fuel to work. So we don't want to be dehydrated or under, um, un lacking in energy or undernourished during this latent phase. So eating and drinking is so important. E is for thinking about easing any discomfort that you may be having. Hot water bottles, warm baths, really useful. You can also take paracetamol um, regularly during this latent phase if you need to. And I try and mirror this to what you might do if you had period type pains. So those things you might have done, whether it was put a hot water bottle on or go for a walk or do some yoga or try and distract yourself. These are the great tools to implement during this stage of labor as well. A is for staying active. So if you're not resting, if you have managed to feel energized and, and have a little bit of rest, then getting active, going for a walk, bouncing on your ball, doing some yoga poses and stretches are going to really help your body to move into that next stage of labor because it aids the pressure of your baby's head on your cervix by being in these upright postures but also moving, doing things like some deep squats and some yoga poses, some stretches, some lunges, moving in between these great postures is also going to help your baby to navigate your pelvis and to make sure that we get your baby in a great optimal position for labor to progress and also allow your pelvis to be at its widest place as well so that baby can navigate that outlet a bit easier. And finally, D is for distraction. A lot of this phase is about distraction and occupying your mind to give your body the time to do all its amazing work. So doing things like catching up on some TV series, perhaps you haven't had time to, reading a book, playing games, listening to music. 
or baking a cake is a great distraction technique. And it also means that when your baby is born, you have a birthday cake to celebrate. And as we know, midwives love cake. So that is a great win. Now, during this early stage, it is really important to continue to keep a close eye on your baby's movements. So that is, in a nutshell, our latent phase. So then we move in to the first stage of labor. Now, the first stage of labor is where you want to be in your intended place of birth. So for some people that may be, it may be at home. So great. In that case, you want to be asking your uh, midwife to come and attend you and assess you and support you at home. For other people that may be in a hospital. So that's where you want to then be making your way to. Now, the first stage of labor is often labeled established phase. In other words, your body has committed to birthing your baby from this point onwards. It is fully warmed up and ready to go. Um, it's, it's proper, it's proper go, it's go day. It's, it's the main event. Now, during the first stage, we tend to categorize this from your cervix being around four centimeters open or dilated and contractions being powerful and regular. So typically coming around every three minutes and lasting for around 45 to 60 seconds at a time. This lasts up until your cervix is 10 centimeters or fully dilated, which means that your cervix is all behind your baby's head so they can descend into the vaginal canal and be born. This is often the, the kind of longest, most intense or challenging part of labor. And it's what you have hopefully been doing all of your breath work and visualization and kind of prep and practice for. This is that stage. If you haven't been, then please head over to midwifepip.com to look at my antenatal courses because it's really important we prepare for this part of labor. So for women having their first baby, the first stage will typically last between eight hours and 18 hours. For women who have had a baby before, it's typically around five hours and is rarely longer than 12 hours. And it's during this stage that your midwife will be monitoring your baby's heart rate and your observations regularly to make sure that you and your baby are both thriving and coping well with labor. Keep eating, keep drinking. The same applies to the, to the latent phase. We need to hydrate. We need to fuel our bodies. You're not going to fancy a Sunday roast, but a few jelly babies or a nibble of a chocolate digestive or something like that, little bits of sugar to keep you going and hydration, hydration, hydration. Also, we're drinking loads, which is fantastic, but that water has to go somewhere. We also need to wee. We need to be making sure that we empty our bladders regularly. If our bladder's full in labor, it essentially acts like a big balloon that gets in the way of your baby's head coming down. So it's really unhelpful for labor progressing. So weeing is really important. During this stage of labor, you may well be offered regular vaginal examinations. Around every four hours is quite typical. And this is just one of the tools that your care providers may use or advise to see how labor is progressing. But remember, it's not just about numbers. We're also looking at the other changes to your cervix that we've already talked about. And your midwife will also be looking at your baby's position and how far they might be descending through the pelvis too. Now, during the first stage of labor, birth partners are invaluable 
to helping facilitate that positive birth environment that's going to make you feel calm and relaxed and in control, encouraging you to drink and wee, and also doing things like massage, hand-holding, positive words and encouragement. They're all part of their, their role. And that's where it's really important that birth partners also undertake some kind of birth preparation. Now, there is actually studies that show that having continuous positive birth support may reduce the risk of needing birth interventions or pain relief options like epidurals. So if that's your A game, really prepping your birth partner and having open conversations ahead of birth is going to be really important for you. Birth is really hot work. Remember, it's like a marathon. Your body's working hard, all those muscles contracting. And often women will feel quite warm in labor. So things like a handheld fan, a water spray, or even just a flannel that can be doused in, in cold water will really help keep you more comfortable. And that's another good job for birth partners. It's creating an environment and having all of those tools and techniques in your labor and birth toolbox to ensure that you can feel safe, calm, and comfortable to promote oxytocin release and support your natural labor physiology. And that's where I love that cold, that controlled, calm breathing, as well as positions in labor, which are so important during this first stage. Now, as you approach that second stage or full dilatation of your cervix, there's often this period called transition, essentially the time whereby you transition from the first to the second stage. And for some women, this part may go completely unnoticed, but for other women, they will experience a sudden change in their behavior that can really take you by surprise. There may be some physical symptoms, so things like vomiting or nausea, or even some emotional symptoms like suddenly feeling really overwhelmed and like you can't cope. Now, recognizing that this transition stage is really normal and that it's due to a sudden surge in adrenaline can be really reassuring. And this is where your birth partners can sometimes be a little bit concerned or worried if they didn't know about it. So this transition takes us from the first to the second stage. Now it's really temporary, doesn't usually last more than about 10 minutes. And it's a sign that you're really close to missing your baby, which is super exciting. But if you do notice this second, this transition stage, then really reconnecting with your breath. Again, recognizing what this is, what it means, understanding your physiology is a really powerful way of getting through it. And then moving on to the second stage, which is my most exciting stage when it comes to labor and birth as a midwife. And that's because the second stage is essentially the stage of your baby being born. Now it's generally split into two parts. There may be a passive or an active stage. And the difference really is whether you are feeling an urge to bear down or to push or whether you're not. So in the passive stage, you may not be feeling that. In the active stage, you are, you, your body takes over, you feel an overwhelming urge to push. And often women will say to me, well, how will I know when it's time to push? And what I say to that is, how does your body know when you need to push a poo out? You don't have to tell it. You don't worry about that, do you? You know that when your body needs a poo, it's going to tell you and you're going to go to the toilet and you're going to have a poo. Very similar. Same muscles are engaged. Trust your body. 
Now, some women wish to be in, to be coached or encouraged through this stage, and that may be really helpful, especially if you have an epidural and you don't have the same sensation that you may do otherwise. For other women, their bodies naturally just do it. We don't have to talk about it. There's no discussion. We just follow your body's lead. Now, as your baby descends through this birth canal in the second stage, they push on the walls of the vagina and stretch them. And this is sensed by your body, which signals to your brain to secrete more oxytocin, which encourages more contractions, puts there's more descent of your baby to help facilitate their birth. And we have this positive feedback loop going on in labor. And it's called the Ferguson's reflex. Ferguson's reflex. Bit of a tongue twister with a cold, that. Um, and it helps to create this overwhelming, compulsive and involuntary feeling and urge to push. Very similar to if you are having a poo. And that, for that reason, pressure in your bottom is really common as your baby moves really low in the pelvis. And it's a really great sign that things are progressing well. Now, poop in labor, a concern of many. Is it common? Sometimes. And that's because the exact same muscles are engaged when you are having a poo as when you're birthing your baby. But if we try and hold a poo in, that means we're holding our babies in, which is really counterproductive at this stage. So the truth is it really doesn't matter if there's any poo or not when a baby's born. And all it is is a really positive sign that you're pushing in the right place and your baby's birth is probably really imminent. Now you might notice at this stage of labor that your midwife keeps a closer eye on your baby's heart rate to ensure that they are coping okay, because this is often the most stressful time of labor for babies. Most babies are built to cope with that, so we don't worry, but we do want to keep a closer eye on them. And every labor and birth is completely unique. But on average, once you start to push, you will usually have your baby within about one to three hours. Now, it might be much quicker if you've had a previous vaginal birth. And it's useful to remember that your baby's head and your pelvis are adapted very well for birth. They are quite literally made for this process. Your baby's head consists of five different skull bones, which are all really mobile and designed to enable them to navigate and be born through your pelvis. And unlike us adults, these bones aren't fixed and the fusing process of them doesn't happen until a few months um, of age to enable them to kind of flex and mold and navigate through your pelvis. And your pelvis undergoes massive changes as well. There's lots of hormones in pregnancy, which I'm sure you're very aware of, that result in the stretching and loosening of joints and ligaments to facilitate birth. The sacrum at the back of your pelvis also moves up and out the way during labor, as does the coccyx. And your whole pelvis will tilt forward slightly, which allows the birth canal and your pelvic outlet to be well aligned. And all of these changes that are happening without us even realizing often help to facilitate the passage of your baby and to support your birth physiology. I often say, you know, your body knows how to birth. It's your mind that we have to convince. And there are five mechanisms in the process of labor and birth. And I discuss these in more depth on my course, but to give you a summary, we have engagement, which is where the baby's head engages into the pelvis in the last few weeks of pregnancy. Then we have descent and your baby's descent is powered by your contractions during labor. 
Next, we have flexion. So as your baby moves down the pelvis, it flexes its head to kind of tuck its chin into its chest. Then we have internal rotation, which is where the muscles of your pelvis help to rotate your baby into the next position of birth. And then we have extension. So as your baby comes down the final part, they then extend their neck so that they are able to navigate out of the vagina. Now, at the very last stage, as your baby's head is what we call crowning, so as their head is just being born and you see it through the vulva, it is common to experience some sharp burning sensation. And this is essentially the final stretch for the last time before your baby's head is born. So it really does mean that birth is imminent. And the warm compress can be really helpful and soothing at this stage. And then following the birth of your baby's head, it's generally one or two pushes and then your baby's born. One final contraction to release their shoulders and then your little person can be assisted up to you for skin to skin cuddles. And at this stage, I really encourage you to just pause and just appreciate your body and your baby and what you've just achieved, because it really is such a monumentous moment. So just take a moment to pause at that stage. And following the second stage, we then have the third stage. I guess a little bit of an anticlimax after the birth of your baby, but the third stage is still really important. And this marks the birth of your baby up to the delivery of your placenta and its membranes and the control of any bleeding that may have happened. So your placenta is this organ that you've made that's been supplying your baby with all their nutrients and oxygen throughout pregnancy and then removing away all of their waste. It's a bit like a life support machine for your baby during pregnancy. It's, it's pretty incredible. It's about the size of a small dinner plate and is connected by two different layers of membranes that create a sac, which is where your baby grows within. And this is connected to your baby via their umbilical cord. Now, after your baby's born, the placenta peels away from the wall of the womb and is delivered through the vagina. And this allows the womb to shrink down and to compress any exposed blood vessels from the placental site, which is essentially a big wound once the placenta is peeled away, to help control bleeding post-birth. And your womb will then keep shrinking over the next six weeks or so back into your pelvis down to its pre-pregnancy size. There are two options for how your placenta is delivered. You can have either active or physiological management. The active option involves a little injection of a drug called syntocinon or syntometrin in your arm or leg muscle. The other option is that you don't have that and you naturally push your placenta out similarly to how you have your baby. This stage generally takes about 15 to 30 minutes with the active option and with physiological might take up to an hour. So it's just about having a conversation with your midwife as to what your preferences are, whether there are any risk factors for bleeding for you, in which case it may be that the active option is advised. So there are our latent phase, our first stage, our second stage, and our third stage in labor in a synopsis and a snapshot for you. So I hope that helps you to just start to scratch the surface really in understanding a little bit more about what's actually happening during labor and how we can break up those stages. So you can have that in your mind 
as labor and birth progress. Now, if you do want more information on this and you want to delve into a little bit more about that physiology and exactly what to do to support you and your baby through that process, check out my online antenatal and hypnobirthing courses at midwifepip.com. If you've got any questions about what course might be the best option for you, please just drop me a message on Instagram. I hope that's been helpful. It's been lovely to chat today in the solo podcasting seat that I'm in. Thank you for listening. And remember, drop me a message with your feedback as to whether you enjoyed my episode without a guest. And if you would like some more of these, what topics you'd like them on. Before you head off, I just need to tell you something. 68% of you who listen to my podcast have not hit the subscribe button. So can you do me a favor? If you have ever enjoyed listening and hit subscribe now, it makes a huge difference and helps me to keep bringing you episodes. The bigger the podcast, the bigger the guests, and the more women we can reach and help. Thank you for subscribing, and I look forward to chatting again soon.